Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Charles Neiman, Senior Pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. Amen. All right, you guys ready to rock and roll? All right, if you have your Bible with you tonight, open it with me to the Luke, Luke the 18th chapter, the Gospel of Luke. Easy for me to say, huh? Luke, the 18th chapter. This has been our foundation text, okay, that we're looking at in a series that we're in right now. We're going to be in the whole summer. And I love the title. I love it because I came up with it. It's called Burn the White Flag. Amen. And so we're looking at this, and this has been one of our foundation texts. And Jesus, in verse 1, spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So there's two ends to the parable that is showing us the value and the importance of having a life of prayer, that we have prayer in our life, that it is a part of our life, not just when we get to that point we say, well, I guess we got to pray. You know, we've tried everything else. We might as well try to pray. You know, but that prayer is a part that we ought always to pray. Could I hear a good amen on that, right? And then he said, and that they faint not. Now, it's interesting there because the word faint not in the literal text, Jesus said that you don't wave the white, or, or one translation says that you don't wave the white flag, that you don't give up, that you don't throw in the towel, right? That you don't turn out badly that you don't cave in. And so he warns us and tells us that in our life, come on, let's get into it now, that in our life, you know, it's so important that when we hear the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, listen to what I'm going to tell you, that we read it as God intended it, that there is God's wisdom in this book, the do's and the don'ts are there to give us better lives. It is his wisdom to do and to don't, his understanding of what life on earth is like so that we can take it and apply his wisdom to our lives so we can have the life that he wants us to have. All right, so here he tells us that there's going to be pressure applied to our lives to try to get us to wave the white flag. Remember I told you that, you know, white flag is a, is a symbol of, of surrender or the desire for truce that no army or navy anywhere in the world carries a white flag with them when they go out. They don't carry one with them. There is no plan to surrender. No one carries a, a white flag with them. And we as children of God, as soldiers in God's army, we need to get rid of the white flags in our lives also, right? We need to get rid of them. We need to not have them in our lives, all right? And then in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about that when we pray, that we have prayer in our lives with perseverance. Now, perseverance is a very powerful word, right? Uh, perseverance means that, you know, that, 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 that the synonyms, I don't have time to read all the definitions tonight, means to, to, to have doggedness. I like that definition, right? That you have doggedness, that you have determination. And the word that really I love is the word grit. So God is telling us to have grit. How many of you Texans understand grit, right? That we have grit, okay? And uh, so last, last time we were together, I read to you the dictionary definition of the word grit. I want to give you that again tonight, 
right? Because the Bible is emphasizing this as a valuable trait in our lives as children of God, as we walk through the earth, right? The need for, the value in having grit. So the dictionary defines grit as the following. Firmness of character, indomitable spirit, resolution, fortitude. Listen to these words. Courage, resolve, backbone, metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, spirit, strength of will, toughness, determination, tenacity, endurance. The dictionary said that the synonym of the word grit is guts. Now we're talking Texas now, right? That we have guts, right? I wrote this down the other day. Perseverance or grit matters more in your life than talent. It's not always the most talented guy in your class that becomes the most successful. It's not always the most talented person that, go, that makes it. You know, I've been reading this book about Navy SEALs, and, and I'm sure it's true in all special ops. You know, all of them say the same thing. But, you know, when, when, you, when, when all of them come to, to, the, to the first training, you know, uh, you look at them and you'd say, wow, look at that physic. Look at the body on that guy. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Look at that. And you know what? It's not always those guys that make it. It's the guy with the most grit. It's the guy with the most guts. It's the guy with the most perseverance. The guy that's the most dogged. Oftentimes, the most talented guys quit. You know why? Because up to that point in their life, they've been able to get by easy because of talent. Talent doesn't always get you where you want to go. It's going to take grit. Can I get a good amen tonight, right? <laughs> grit, determination, perseverance, and passion. You know, potential is one thing. What we do with it is a whole other thing. We are warned in Scripture about the pressure or the temptation to wave the white flag. So we've been looking at this, and we've been going through it. And so go with me now back to Hebrews chapter 12, because there's a thought in here that we, we got into last time, and I want us to come back to it tonight, and I want us to, we're going to expand this out. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Amen. Amen. So here we go, right? Uh, let's just jump down to verse, verse 3. He said, for consider him, speaking of Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So here he's warned us, right? I love scriptures like this, right? Where we are warned in the scripture, where, where, where God in his infinite mercy and love for us tells us, hey, get ready, Charles. Get ready, whoever you are. Get ready in your life. Get ready, abundant living. Get ready, my family, your family, right? There's going to be opportunities come up in your life, and don't be surprised that it happens because they, they tried to do it to Jesus, and, and life will try to do it to you, and that is to get you to grow wearied and faint in your mind, right? To grow wearied and faint in your mind. So let me give you the definition of the word wearied. Are you writing this stuff down, right? The word weird means faint-hearted, faint-hearted. You, you become faint-hearted, weak, feeble. Listen to this one, to have it badly, to have it badly. We're going to come back to that later. To grow impatient or dissatisfied, to crumble, to break down, right? So if we're not careful in life, that inner man, that man that's inside of us, 
that spirit in our mind because of what goes on in life we're going to look at tonight. Things come against us to try to get us to do that, to crumble, to break down, right? To, to lose heart, to become faint-hearted, feeble, hmm? to focus on how bad we have it. Did you get that? Right? To start focusing on how bad we have it. All right? And then he said that you go wearied and faint. Now, this definition is awesome. Are you learning anything? Watch this, right? The word faint there means to cease to be able. To cease to be able. It also means to become a coward. To cease to be able and to become a coward. Now, the antonym of the word faint means to be of good courage, to be bold. Now, I don't know who said it, but there's a lot of truth to it. And that, I think it was a football coach, probably a Lombardi, right? That fatigue makes cowards of us all. And so here he brings out the idea that we get wearied, we get fatigued, and if we're not careful, if we're not watching for what happens, we will just kind of move into this area where we lose our courage and we become cowards. Now listen to this. Are you learning anything? Now listen to this. This just amazes me. Listen to the definitions again. To cease to be able to become a coward. My family, you cannot cease to be able unless you were able before you cease to be able. You cannot become a coward unless at one point you were not a coward. If you were made unable, then it would say you're unable. If you were born a coward, then you did not become a coward. You are a coward. But you cannot become a coward unless at one time you were not a coward. And you cannot cease to be able unless at one time you were able. Amen. So the battle is, in our lives, is between what God has made us and what Satan wants to turn us into. That he wants us to wave the white flag. I'm not waving the white flag. And I don't want you to wave the white flag. I want you to burn the white flag in your life. That you be on guard about what's going on in your life. And that you don't allow this to, to get a hold of you, right? To, 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 to begin to move into your life. Now, you know, here's the thought. Somebody asked me a couple weeks ago when I started on this. Charles, have you ever thought about quitting? Oh, yeah, I've thought about quitting. Well, what'd you do? I didn't quit. I don't think you can help but thinking about quitting because you live in a world where that spirit is in the air. And the thought comes into your mind and you hear it from other people. Right? But here's a little thought. Maybe it'll help you. I, I, I discovered this years ago when I was in a real pressure cooker, you know, and I thought about this. I thought, you know, if I surrender, if I give up right here, right now, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on me. If I surrender, if I give up, if I surrender to Satan, if I surrender to the circumstances, if I surrender to the world, if I just give in to the world's philosophy about life, instead of living according to God's word, Right, I just decide, you know what, this, this is too hard. I'm going to just go live like the world lives. Then I ask myself this question, will my life get better if I do that? No. 
Will my life get better if I surrender to the circumstance? If I just throw up my hands and discuss and give up and just say, you know what, I just give up. Is it suddenly going to get better? No. Is my family going to get better? No. Is my future going to get better? No. Well, then why give up? Why surrender then? Come on. The only reason to surrender is if through surrendering, your life's going to get better. But if you're but through surrendering, your life's not going to get better, then why surrender? Why burn the white flag? So you can become a prisoner? Amen. Now, what does Satan use to try to get us to grow wearied and faint? in our minds. Can I show you some things tonight in the scripture that you can now be on guard for and you can watch out for and be careful of? Can, can I show you some things tonight, right? So that you're ahead of the game. Woo, right? Amen. All right, the first thing you see is right here. What, what he tried to use on Jesus, he will also try to use on you. And it's called contradiction. Contradiction, right? That contradiction comes against your life. So the word contradiction, you know, I've got to look up words. The word contradiction means reproach, right? So, so you come under reproach. Now, the word reproach means fault-finding with the intention of shaming you. So they find fault with the idea of shaming you. Now, we see this. If you've read the Gospels, if you've heard much teaching about Jesus' life, if you watch the movies about Jesus, right, then you have seen this in operation through the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees, right? They were constantly contradicting him, constantly trying to shame him. Can I get a good amen tonight, right? You see it all throughout the Gospels. They were constantly trying to do it. They would bring reproach upon him, reproach upon his name, upon his birth, upon his family, upon the city that he came from. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Huh? What was that? That was reproach. That was finding fault. Oh, you're from Nazareth? Nothing good can come out of Nazareth. So bang, they just discarded him, just threw him away. Nothing good to go. I don't have to listen to you. You know, you didn't go to the school I went to. You weren't raised in the neighborhood I was in. You didn't come out of Jerusalem. We, we just throw you out. That constant trying to shame. Am I making sense to you tonight, right? That fault finding with the idea of bringing shame, right? You see it in the name calling, right? They would call him a heretic. They would say he was a false prophet. They would, they would cast aspersions to him, right? They would, they, would, they, would, they would call him names. You see it also in the way they judged him, right? The way they would judge him, and they would try to trick him, and they would try to catch him, and they would try to embarrass him, right? Yeah, that same thing goes on in our world today. Many of you have endured things like that. You are, you are trying to live your life according to the Word of God. You're being a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. You're living your life the way, the way you know God wants you to live your life. And yet, there are people around you. Can I get a good amen tonight, right? That make fun of you. How about the mocking that they did to Jesus, right? The mocking. 
You know, who is this guy? What is he? What's a, you know, what in the world? You know, uh, you know and, and that, that constant mocking, that ridicule, that labeling, that rejection, you know, that they would just throw their hands up and just have nothing to do with him. Okay, all of that, all of that was that contradiction. Now, you also get it from another place. You also get it, the Bible said, he said the contradiction of sinners. You also get it from them. The, Bible, the dictionary defines sinners as people that have no respect for God, no respect for his word, no respect for his laws. And there are people like that in the earth. You may be related to some of them. You possibly work with people like that, right? That have no respect for God, no respect for his word, no respect for his laws, none. And they will make fun of you. They will reproach you. They will bring, try to find fault with you to shame you. Can I get a good amen tonight, right? Now, why is all that being done? Why is it all being done? It's being done for the same reason they tried to do it, that they did it to Jesus. They are trying, Satan is trying to get you to say, I can't take this. This hurts too bad. This hurts too much. I can't take this. You know, I, I never thought, you know, I have people ask me all the time, I've been hearing this story now for 40 years. You know, pastor, I don't understand what happened. I started coming to church and I love the Lord and the Lord's doing something in my life and my family's mad or, you know, my people at work, you know, call me Bible boy and hallelujah boy and Bible thumper and Nemanite and, you know, what's wrong with you? And, you know, I mean, are you crazy, you know? What's wrong with you? You know, you don't, you, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't live anymore. You know, and, and, and their definition of living is Friday they get paid and they fill up the back of a pickup with beer and we stand out here on the street corner and drink beer when we should be at home with our wife and our kids and you drink up the rent and you drink up the milk money and you drink up the diaper money and you're telling me you know how to live? I'm the crazy one? I'm the crazy one. Wow. Now we're laughing about it, but people try to shame us. People will try to shame you. The dictionary defines shame, listen to this, as painful feelings caused by injury to your pride or your self-respect. So all of this is being done. You know what the synonym is, synonym, synonym is to, to this word, right? Uh, contradictions and reproach, humiliation. Humiliation. Pastor, you ever had people since you've been serving the Lord try to humili hum humiliate you? Two hands and a leg up on that one. Right? Call your names. You know, I won't, even, I won't even respect these guys, the stuff they've called me over the years. Well, did it hurt, Pastor? Absolutely it hurts. It hurts for people to disrespect you. It hurts for people to lie about you. It hurts for people to call you names. It hurts for people to do all that stuff. And that's the intent of it. And the intent of it is for it to hurt you so much that you quit. That you quit serving the Lord. That you go back that way to make them happy. Well, look, honey, I love you, but I'm not going to go that way with you anymore. All right? 
If you don't get me, then you don't get me. I don't know what to tell you. But I have found a pearl of great price, and I'm not going to let some guy that thinks a great life is drinking beer out of the back of a truck on Friday night tell me that I don't know what a pearl of great price is. See you later. Amen? And because I'm faithful to my wife, that somehow I'm an idiot. Got quiet on that one, didn't it? <laughs> Humiliation. All right? So what causes us to faint? What causes us to go wearied and faint in our minds? Can I put number one? People. People can wear you out. You can say amen to that. People can wear you out. Hmm? People. Some of them are relatives. Can wear you out. But you got to, now you know. Now you know why the game's being played. Right? The game's being played to do that very thing. To get you weary and faint in your mind. I just can't take it anymore. Yeah, you're going to take it because there's no white flag in your, in, your, in your house. There's no white flag in your heart. There's no white flag in your life. Amen? You're going to live above them. Praise God. Amen? You know, one thing that helped me years ago, am I helping anybody now? Is this making sense to you? One thing that I realized years ago, you know, and so, so, there was a guy here, a preacher here in town, and he was on the radio, and I mean, every day this guy was calling me names and doing this and doing that and calling me this and calling me that and calling me everything but a, but a child of God. And, I mean, he was just going nuts, right? And he was doing it in Spanish. I guess he thought that I would, nobody in my world could speak Spanish, and <laughs> I would never find out. And, you know, it's just really ugly and, uh, and uh, really, really bad. And, uh, and, and somebody said, you know, Pastor, you know, what, what, you know that, aren't you concerned about what this guy thinks about you? And, and for the first time in my life, it just rose up. I never thought of it. It just came out of my spirit. And I just said, you know what? I really don't. Really? You don't? I said, no. Because at the end of my life, he's not waiting for me. I said, he's not waiting for me. The one I want to meet at the end of my life is the Lord Jesus, and I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And it doesn't matter what Brother Doodad said. What matters is what Jesus thinks about you. Can somebody give the Lord a hand clap and a hallelujah for that thought tonight? Amen. Amen. Your cousins aren't going to be waiting for you. Your mama's not going to be waiting for you. Your grandmother's not going to be waiting for you. Your exes, who all live in Texas, are not going to be waiting for you. I said it because you were thinking it, all right? You know, you all aren't as pure as I thought you were. Amen. All right. So people, people, people can try to cause you to faint. All right, let me show you some more real quick. Huh? Are we learning anything good tonight? Doing all right? Amen. So I want to show you this. So people, so you got to be on guard, right? 
When humiliation comes, you know where it's coming for. It's trying to get you to get wearied and tired and faint in your mind. When somebody's trying to shame you, they're trying to get you to get wearied and faint in your mind. They're trying to get you to wave the white flag, right? When you're being reproached, when you're being called names, when you're being labeled, when you're being mocked, when you're being ridiculed, it's all being done to try to get you to wave the white flag. So now you know. Let me show you another one. Turn to me the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Man, I just read the whole book of Jeremiah. I must say, I was somewhat glad when it was over. It's a tough book. I'm glad I don't live in that part of the book anymore. That I'm not under that law. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad you're not under the law? Amen. But there's, a, there's some great truths back in here, and I, I want to show you this. In Jeremiah chapter 8, look at verse 18. Watch this. When would I comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. Sorrow can cause your heart to faint. Sorrow can cause your heart, you begin to tell yourself, sorrow, oh my God. Hmm? Sorrow. Now, all of us go through sorrow. It's a real and it's a human emotion. But you got you you to set a limit on it. Can I just talk to you from my heart to your heart? I've learned. I've learned. I've, I swam in I swam in that ocean. And you punish yourself with it. And you beat yourself up with it because you think you should have done better or you could have done better. And there's things that you could have done better even though you did good. Am I helping anybody? There's things you could have done better, right? But you got to be careful with sorrow. At some point, you got to look at yourself and say, enough is enough. And you got to climb out of that river. you got to climb out of that ocean and go tap back into the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Because sorrow can cause your heart to faint. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Sorrow can cause your heart to faint. So you got to watch it. You got to be careful with it, huh? It can cause your heart to faint. Cause your heart to do what? Cause you to start thinking, I can never be happy again. You know what that is? You were happy. Now you cease to be able. Hmm? Or I don't deserve to be happy again. You were, see what's happening to you? Is it making sense to you now? See what's happening to you? That you cease to be able begins to creep into your mind. Oh, my gosh. And we forget who's in us. The stand-up and the recovery is in us. Uh, you cease to be able. You start to become a coward, right? You lose your courage because of sorrow. You got to watch it. Is, is that, that's all I want to say to you now. We all have it. We all experience it. It's valuable. It's a good thing. The Bible talks about, you know, sorrow can lead to repentance, which can change your life. You can go from the low life to, to a higher life, from a good life to a better life through repentance. You know, it's good, but you need to be careful with it. 
and not don't let it turn you into ceased able. Amen? Did you get that? Did you get that whole point there about sorrow? All right, let's move on to another one real quick. Go with me now to Jeremiah 51. Ooh, get ready. We're going to pull the wraps off the devil now. Jeremiah 51. What causes our hearts to faint? Watch this. Look at verse 46. And least your heart faint. Whoa! It's like Jeremiah heard us ask the question, right? Hey, Jerry, what makes our hearts faint? Okay, I'll answer for you in chapter 51. And least your heart faint, and you hear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land. A rumor shall both come one year, and after that in another year shall come a rumor and violence in the land, ruler against ruler. That is a life full of information verse. An information life verse right there, right? He warns us and tells us these things can cause your heart to faint. Number one, rumors. 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 And I love, I love God's audacity. He says, and so in case you don't know, you're going to have a rumor in 2017. Get ready. There's going to be a new rumor in 2018. And in 2019, there's going to be another rumor. There's always a new rumor in the land every year. And the rumors come to cause our hearts to faint, to cause us to become cowards, to lose our courage. Hmm? Wow. Do we live in a rumor-driven world? Rumor. Rumor. I mean, I don't even know what's true anymore. Rumor. All kinds of rumors. Am I helping anybody tonight? Hmm? What is a rumor? The dictionary defines a rumor, listen to this, as gossip. Oh, hearsay, a story or a statement circulated without confirmation or certainty as to the facts. Hmm? Don't confuse me with the facts. Got to guard a heart. Got to protect our hearts. Can I get a good amen tonight? Proverbs, the fourth chapter says, guard your heart with all diligence. Jesus said in Mark, the fourth chapter, take heed what you hear. You know, take heed what you let get into your heart. You know, just because somebody's saying it doesn't mean it's the truth. Even if it's on the internet. I know that was a blast for some of you. Just because it's on the internet does not mean it's true. So we have to guard our hearts. Listen to this definition of the word rumor. Confused noise. I can't explain that, but it makes sense to me. 
I, when I saw that, I thought, there, that is what this is. Confused noise. A lot of noise, totally confused. No facts, no truth, no certainty, but that doesn't stop people from saying it. And it's geared, it's designed to cause our hearts to faint. To tell us that we cannot have the life that God said we can have. To try to tell us that you cannot be happy, that you cannot do this, that this and this and this. And that, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I hear it all the time from Christian people. Right? They spend so much time listening to rumor. And you have to guard your heart against it because it's designed to cause your heart to faint, to try to convince you to quit trying, to wave the white flag. I'm not waving the white flag. What are we doing with the white flag? We're burning the white flag. Amen? I'm not going to surrender to rumor. All right? I'm not going to cave into it. Right? So you got to pay attention. Now, remember I told you earlier when I was giving the definition of wearied, there was a definition there that said to have it badly. Rumors are really good at convincing people of that. You know, this is the worst it's ever been. Remember when I told you back on New Year's Eve, right, that, that, that there were people at the end of 2016 that went on online and went on social media and went, actually went on television and stood up, you know, and said, 2016 was the worst year in history. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the worst year. <laughs> they were crying and their mascara was running. It was the worst year in history. Oh, my God. All because your girl did not get elected. So that made it. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not pushing politics one or the other. But that made it the worst year in history. Really? The worst year in history. Really? Really? Worse than when the bubonic plague killed one-third of the earth's population? Worse than the year when we were fighting in the Pacific and we took Iwo Jima and we lost a thousand men a day? A thousand men a day for 30 days? You need to get a grip, honey. You need a Reality check. You need to leave your little protected American bubble and get out of your little millennial thinking that world really isn't all about you, and though your mama told you it was. And you need to go out and you need to feed some hungry people and you need to go down and work in the third world. You need to come down and help us here. You need to go out and make, see that, you know what? You really got it pretty good because you're convinced it's terrible. 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 I left my iPhone charger at home. Oh my God. <laughs> Confused noise. Hmm? See what it is? Rumors come to get you to lose your focus on the abundant life that Jesus came to give you and wants you to look at the bad. Yeah, there's bad. There's bad all around us. And we all know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. There's been bad since right outside the gates of the Garden of Eden. But God 
is still on the throne. God's word is still true. And God is still watching over his word to perform it. And he can still give you a really good life. Amen? Now, how do you fight back? I'm not waving the white flag. Burning the white flag. How do you fight back? I got two minutes and 45 seconds. Go into Galatians 6. Let me show you, and then we'll be done. Glad you came to church tonight. How about all you on the west side? Are you glad you came to church tonight? I heard you. Thank you. Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians 6. Love this verse. Go with me to verse 6. I mean, verse 7, excuse me. Be not deceived. The word deceived means don't be led astray. Don't wander around. Don't form the wrong judgment. Think right. Think straight. Focus on this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For whatsoever a man soweth. Don't be fooled. Don't let anybody tell you the earth is any different than this. Don't think that, you know, you're out here sowing stuff and you haven't reaped yet, that you're smarter than God. No, honey, you're going to reap pretty soon. That harvest is going to come in. God is not mocked. Don't be deceived about it. For whatsoever a man sowed, that shall he reap. Verse 8, for he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption or ruin. For he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now, what is he saying there was? What's he saying, right? That in your world, just keep sowing the right kind of seed. Keep sowing the right kind of seed. Keep sowing the right kind of seed. Keep doing the right things. Keep thinking the right way. Keep believing the right stuff. Keep going in the right direction. Keep going forward in your life. Don't go to the flesh. Don't be led astray. Don't be pulled off track. Don't wave the white flag and surrender to the world. Don't be led astray. The word corruption means ruin. Keep planting God's word in your life. And what, and what does he say will happen? Look at verse 9. And let us not be weary. Let us not be weary. Don't let us become faint-hearted, right? Don't start focusing on how bad life is. Just keep doing good. Just keep sowing good. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not if we don't cease to be. It doesn't work. It didn't do any good. I don't know why I keep doing it. I keep reading the Bible. I go to church. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. I don't get it, you know. I don't <sighs> So let me ask you a question. If you come to church two services a week, which is outstanding, congratulations. If you come to church two services a week, Counting all of the service, it's three hours a week. If you're here for all of praise and worship, those three hours a week. There are 168 hours in a week. <laughs> what are you doing with 165 other hours? Think about it. All right? Last thought, how do you fight back against wearied and fainting? How do you fight back? Last verse, save the best for last. Here's your extra hot fudge. Isaiah 40. Turn there quick. 
Isaiah 40. Woo! This is one of my all-time favorites right here. I cannot tell you how much fire this verse has pulled me out of. Verse 31. But they that gather together before the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They will not be weary. They won't get faint-hearted. Get in church. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not become cowards. They shall walk and not cease to be able. You know why? Because you come here and you get in this atmosphere and God is here and the word is strong and the spirit of God is strong and Jesus is here because he said we're two or three gathered together in my name and God renews your strength. You walk out of here and you say, I don't understand it. I came in. I was so tired. I was so tired mentally. You know, there's more fatigue than just physical. I was so tired. I was so worn out. And I just went home and I just felt so good. Well, yeah. It was Isaiah 40 verse 31 in your life. I got to let you go. Stand to your feet, please. Can we give the Lord a great hand clap for his word tonight? I kept you a little late. Lift your hands towards heaven. Say it with me. Say, in Jesus' name, I will not wave the white flag. I burn the white flag. There is no surrender in me. I am strong. I am able. And I can get from where I am to where God wants me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to let you go. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.